I really do try and picture you guys when I'm recording the shows because uh, as a tour guide, this is my daytime career. Well, it's technically nighttime career. I guess you can consider the podcast my daytime hobby. But as a tour guide, you can see the people directly in front of you. And that makes it much easier to connect with people. I've noticed that difference. So you can have the most experienced tour guide, the most experienced live performer, the most experienced stand-up comedian, etc., etc. Whenever you actually have the physical audience standing in front of you and you get used to that, to be able to see their reactions, to be able to change how you're performing in the moment, there's a lot of power to that. So you can see the most experienced performer, live performer, then turn to doing like TV shows and movies, turning to do podcasts or uh, radio or whatever, where that audience isn't directly in front of you and it becomes more difficult. So it can be a little jarring, especially at the beginning. I felt that personally. Now, I've been personally, I've been doing the podcasts, I've done videos, I've done television, haven't done movies. It's not, it's not in my business, but I've gotten myself to a point where I can, I'm not really picturing anyone when I'm talking into the mic. I'm just kind of picturing what I'm talking about, but it does help. I mean, if you ever try to do this for yourself or you're doing it right now, it does help to actually picture someone. So I would recommend that because if you can picture somebody reacting in a really positive way to what you're saying, I think it's helpful that you're like, almost like you're speaking to someone personally. And maybe I have gotten to the point where I just do that naturally, not a hundred percent sure, but after the habit builds, uh, eventually it just kind of seeps into your subconscious and you just do it naturally. This is part of the journey to mastery is if you can get to a point that you just do it naturally, then you can start stacking other skills on top of that. So you go from the first thing is I picturing someone's face when I'm talking into a microphone to make it more personal, to make it sound like I'm, I'm personally talking to you, the listener, even though there's multiple listeners. You start with that, it gets into your subconscious after about, you know, a month or so of doing it. And then you go to the next thing where I'm going to, you know, speak with a calm voice. I'm going to speak very clearly. I'm going to try and, you know, cut out my ums and ahs and all those little tricks that you got to do as a uh, regular performer. And you just keep building. Just keep building those habits one on top of the next. That's a little uh, side talk into what I'm actually going to be discussing this week on the show. The title of the episode is Seeing the Real Person. And this is, I, I might have mentioned it before, but this is basically my detailed introduction to something that I just begun to explore. It's the idea of energy signatures. You probably think, oh, you know, if, if, if you listen to my other, you might be, he's, he's talked about this before. And you'd be absolutely right. I have talked about this before because I've just started down that road and I do feel there's something very powerful to it. 
because when it comes down to it, no matter how much everybody says you're not unique, and I know the the power that that term has in today's politics was the uh, term that they use, uh, snowflakes. You know, people who think that they're you know special and different, and the purveying thought on that is that people are not special and different. But I believe that to be incorrect. I do believe that everybody is unique in their own way because you are a piece of a whole. You are one unique piece of an entire organism, which is reality. And that's where I can see the term snowflake, which is a terrible term, but it has some credibility to it. You might be thinking, oh, wait, no, 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 Daniel. That's not correct. You know, the, the, the kid on TikTok with 20 followers just saying the craziest things. You know, there's other people doing the exact same thing. Well, that's different. You know, there's a difference between, uh, you know, wanting fame for just the feeling of being famous or emulating someone who became famous for the wrong reasons, not following their passion, but instead just being famous for the sake of it or being famous for the terrible things that they say about other people to try and emulate that and steal somebody else's life. And who knows, maybe that that is their passion. Maybe that one person with the, you know, 20 million followers who is doing that that's what they were meant to do for whatever reason. Can't tell you what the reason is, but I'm sure there is a reason for them to be doing that. They're filling a certain type of void. But those who are trying to emulate it for the wrong reasons, just for that, you know, vapid fame or, you know, for financial reward, but that's not what they're supposed to be doing. You know, that's the, the downside of it. So the person with the followers who's built it up to become a master in that field and hopefully they're serving a purpose hopefully on deep down it is a positive purpose if only for change then you know that's a good thing maybe that's what there's maybe that's their snowflake maybe that's the unique thing they bring to this reality but the other people are just trying to emulate that for the wrong reasons it's not their passion it's not what makes them unique so i always say the first step to this is finding the thing that's going to get you up in the morning, finding the thing that's going to make you unique and make you that uh, beautiful snowflake (laughs) that you should be. So everybody has this unique energy on the deepest level, not the face, the mask that they present to the world, but instead something that, you know, lies underneath the reason why they're here, the piece of the whole that they are has a certain feeling to it and that's their signature now i will state as a side is before i move on to the next subject is that some people do shine more than others and you can feel it i mean the more and more you go down this road the more you be able to quiet your mind the more you can feel into other people's energies it becomes sensitive to it that's the word i'm trying to seek out the more you become sensitive to it the more you can feel it so that, you know, you can be in a uh, public setting with strangers that are surrounding you and you can feel certain people shine more. They have a, a presence to them as they pass by you. You can feel into that. 
you can know that that person has a certain type of joy or blissfulness that follows them. Maybe they have found their passion in life and they have that excitement, that natural excitement. They get up in the morning and they feel it, so they shine more. Or maybe they have a closer connection to others, the extroverts of the world who like to draw in other people's energies, so they're always reaching out. So naturally their energies are reaching out kind of like an orbit around a planet. They're going to pull you in. So they, they tend to shine more. And that all comes down to that, you know, living at a higher elevated emotion, which I might talk about in a future episode. But then others, they don't shine as much. And I do find that those who are more down on themselves, more down on life in general, have a less of a shine. They're not picked up on as much. Those who live in a habitual world of gossip, in a habitual world of putting down others to make themselves feel higher, make themselves feel better, they tend not to shine as much. So you might not notice them as much, but if you get pulled into their orbit, I mean, it's a different type of feel. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I feel that it's probably not the best way to live, but I mean, to each their own. So we have gotten into this world mentality of being disconnected from others. And I feel this is one of the biggest challenges that faces our world today is that reality and there's people in general have gotten into that habit of avoidance, that they would rather feel disconnected from other people instead of having a connection. I don't know if that was ever the case. And I would say that maybe poorer countries and poorer areas tend to be more connected, although sometimes it's in a very negative, habitual way, than, you know, the richer ones. And maybe richer folks want to have that fence around their house, want to be disconnected and just focus on their lives. And, you know, that's fine too. But I think making deep connections is a big part of life. And by deep connections, I'm not talking about you need to have a hundred friends and you need to go out and drink and party with them. You need to create chit chat, you know, like uh, just your, 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 your standard chit chat where you talk about things that don't really matter, like the weather and politics. And, uh, you know, I call that connection and be able to have to do that over and over again to get close to someone. This is not what I'm talking about. And in fact, one of my uh, quotes at the end of the episode kind of reflects this. What I'm talking about is just to have an energetic connection with someone. You don't really need to put in the time if both of you understand that. If you can have the most amazing times with them, even though they are limited, and you are deeply there, you are deeply connected, both of you, and that you, and this isn't in a romantic sense, but that you crave the other person's energy, that it brings something to your life. If it brings calm, if it brings motivation, if it brings a sense of positivity, whatever it does, you're going to crave that. You're going to want it to be a part of your life. That's a deep connection. So I always say to be able to create a habit of connection over avoidance is a good start. And now talking as an extreme introvert, as I've mentioned many times before, I'm not saying that you need to always be around other people to do this. So don't get, you know, don't lose your motivation just because I said that, because that's what I'm talking about. You could have that one or two 
very close friends and just leave it like that for the rest of your life. You could also have no friends at all and has, still has a deep level of connection with other people. You don't even have to say a word. Just go, go into your local coffee shop and just sit there, you know, maybe pretend to read a book or something so you don't seem creepy in any sense. That's, that's the problem. It's like if you just sit there and look around the room trying to make energetic connections with people, they're probably going to kick you out or call the cops or something. So don't do that because people aren't ready for that. They don't like to be stared at. They don't like to be focused on. Uh, so you can read a book and just maybe look up every now and then. And, you know, if there's somebody nearby, try and connect with them energetically. And you'll find being able to do that and getting better at that, you might not even need to go out with friends and just have the, you know, inane chit chat. You can just go out and connect with others and not even interact on a verbal level. And you'll, you'll go home afterwards and you'll feel less lonely. Or you won't feel lonely at all over time because you'll be able to do this naturally. The coffee shop, the supermarket, you know, anything. And even when you do have interactions with folks, you'll find that they're deeper because you've created a habit of connection over avoidance. Now, coming back to that idea of the energy signature, everybody does have their own feel man, woman, whatever, you, you they have their own feel. So being able to kind of pick up on those energy signatures makes the connection even more powerful because as you can be able to feel the signature of somebody, say just by looking at their picture or seeing them from a distance, you can then later on replicate that to create connection even when they are not in front of you. And I don't, I don't know. I've never done the test. I've, I remember talking about this before, but I've never done the test where I've seen if they can, you know, feel it when I'm trying to make a connection with them. Maybe this is something I'll do later on with a friend or something. But I think there's something to that in my meditations to be able to picture someone and really feel that energy signature to make a connection. And even if it is only on your end, there's power that too. You'll feel closer to the person, and then when you see them the next time, you'll be more friendly towards them. This is a very powerful habit, not just for people that you love and respect and have connections with, but also for the people that you might consider your quote-unquote enemies. Because if there was ever a method for forgiveness, this is 100% it. Because if you can picture them and feel that energy signature and as i would say the the hugging method being like a hug them to get rid of that feeling of anger and mistrust and whatever if you can feel into that you can get into that habit of hugging those energies and bringing them close even though you had a disconnect with them a disturbance with them and you might not like them in that moment forgiveness is much easier and i always say i mean forgiveness is for you not for them. Because in a lot of cases, if you're angry at someone, they don't even feel it, nor do they care. They just move on with their lives. You're the only one who's being disturbed by this. So forgiveness is not for them. It's for you so that you can then focus on the, the good things in your life, the things you should be uh, grateful for, the best parts of it, and just move forward with that. So in the sense of seeing a real person, of having a connection over avoidance, 
I really do think it comes down to the ego. E-G-O. The ego. Because this is where the judginess comes from. My term for that, judginess, is we tend to judge others as a method. Because if you aren't in love with yourself, if you're not in love fully with what you have around you, you're not feeling grateful for the things that are around you, the people who are in your life, you might feel on a deeper level as being low. And judging others to be lower than you tends to make it feel like you're being risen up. And that's why when you gossip, there's always that feeling in the moment of the gossip is you actually feel good. You're gossiping that you might, you might veil it with the sense of, oh, you know, I feel bad for that person, but if they're not being good in that moment or, you know, if the gossip's true or not, you feel like they're not being good in that moment, you then feel above them. And there's, there's, there's some, uh, it's not happiness for sure. You know, it's like a, a high. Like when you take a drug, you feel high in the moment, but then you're going to come down afterwards. I, I think, yeah, gossip is basically its own drug. It's uh, like a fear drug. So you can actually, you know, subside those feelings of fear that you're not doing enough in your life by gossiping about another person and like pushing them down below you. And in that moment, you feel high up. You feel high up on life. You think, oh, things are going to be okay. But that doesn't last because the gossip either isn't true. You might find out after the fact or as naturally the disconnect from that gossip is going to make you feel bad afterwards because it's not based on sociability and it's not based on love, which is the two things that kind of make us human. We are social animals. So if you do create that disconnect between you and another person, even if you deep down you don't feel it's true, but in the moment you're using it as a method, there's going to be guilt, there's going to be shame. You might not acknowledge them. Most people don't, but they're there. It's very natural. Now, if you guys believe in karma as well, depending how far your car, your gossip goes, you know, karma might kick in too. If somehow that gossip gets back to the other person and makes them feel bad, or it affects their relationship with somebody else that was close to them, that somehow you you drove a wedge between them and another person, and you're the kind of the uh, puppet master in that regard, I think karma is then going to jump in and kind of affect this moment too. And if you believe in the idea of karma, you know, it always sends these bad things back to you then it's not good in, in a sense. I think that's where the shame and the fear is going to come back in. And as well, you might find things in your life are going to turn for the worst. Instead of pushing you up, it's going to, it's going to pull you down. Because when you get in that mindset that everything is wrong and everything's out to get you, which the people who gossip the most, I think, you know, this is just my own opinion, I feel that they are stuck in that mindset. That's why they do it, that, you know, everything's wrong. So let's gossip about others, you know, doing the same thing. Or you might talk with others about how, you know, the world's going to crap. You know, our leaders are terrible leaders. And they're going to, you know, you know, plunge us into horrible financial times. And everything's going to, we're going to have you know, trouble and blah, 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 blah. And who knows? I mean, there, there might be some truth to that. I'm not saying everything is all roses and happiness. But it's definitely not as bad as some people think. 
And usually all that fear initially never leads to it. It never leads to the worst case scenario. It might lead to something, but usually it's not as bad as people think. And this is the same thing with gossip. This is the same thing with fearing things that don't exist. Fearing things that may or may not happen in the future. And all of that is just a way to drag you down. So it uh, brings on those feelings of shame. And it brings on those feelings of anger and uh, unhappiness in general. Disturbance. That's my, that's my overall umbrella term. It's all disturbance. It's all away from the life that you should be living and the happiness that you should be feeling. So being able to see into the real person kind of fights against this. Because if you can create connection with the people that you originally thought were the worst people in the world, the people that you were originally trying to avoid, or the people that you were feeling constantly angry about, even if it's that political leader that you may never meet in your entire lifetime, if you can create an energy connection even with that person just by seeing a picture, seeing a video of them talking, you know, you feel that and you connect with it, it does pass a lot of that anger and it does pass a lot of that fear. And in the end, isn't that basically what we're trying to do is have a good life. And I mean, there's always going to be challenges down the road, but I'm going to tell you right now, no matter how difficult it is, and no matter how much time it takes to feel better, you will. You'll get through it. It's, it's never really as bad as people fear. So I got a couple of quotes for you here that I thought I'd break down for you before we end the episode. Uh, first one is from a guy named uh, M. Scott Peck. Not only do self-love and love of others go hand in hand, but ultimately they are indistinguishable. So not only do self-love and love of others go hand in hand, but ultimately they can't be distinguished between, that they are, they are the same. And this is a great statement, not the deepest in my mind, but it's definitely straight to the point. It basically is just saying, love yourself, and then you'll be able to love others. You know, feel your own energy signature first and, you know, grow accustomed to it. You know, grow to love it and go to feel happiness around it instead of feeling shame for yourself. And once you're, is the old statement, once you're able to love yourself, then you can open up truly to other people. Now, this is good, I think, for anybody who's single and is looking to date other people, a lot of people, they go into that with certain thoughts in their minds. Like I've heard the stories of the younger generation is uh, they think, uh, or they need a laundry list of qualities that the other person should have. You know, they need to be this tall and they need to be this age and they need to have uh, this kind of financial rewards from whatever job that they're doing. And those become more important then, you know, is there a true connection between you on a spiritual level? And is there a connection with you on, you know, your signatures and who you are deep down, which I think is the most powerful thing and above them all. I mean, you can you can be just as happy with someone who doesn't make a ton of money as you can with a person who makes a ton of money or be as happy with somebody who maybe is a little bit for for the women out there a little bit shorter than you. 
but they're the perfect person for you. And he's gotten this sense of uh, material gain from relationships. So that's not what relationships are anymore. Maybe back in the days we had to make connections with families for, for land and for political reasons it was. But I mean, nowadays we're living in a time where, you know, technology is taking care of us and, you know, it really isn't as bad as we think, especially if you live in, in a decent country, you know, that's um, on a certain level you can forget about those certain things about needing to be taken care of and focus more on connection. So to be able to do this though, you must love yourself first, you know, to realize that you are enough. If you are content with being alone, just much as content with being in a relationship, it's the old thing that you don't need the other person but that you choose to be with them, there's a lot of power in that. And I think that's where longevity in relationships come from, is if you can get past the material, if you can get past the fear, and if you can just stay on that connection of energy and stay on that connection of, of connection and love, then I think there's something very powerful to that. Because then you don't squabble about the, you know, lower things such as financials and uh, such as uh, jealousy and and anger over something that they may or may not have said to you is like misunderstandings you don't focus on those things as much because you're so deeply connected they're basically an extension of yourself so if they say something bad to you well maybe you called it on you know it's like you're you saying something bad to yourself it's not the same type of anger and disconnect that comes from but if, you, if you're with them because you, you need them, because they're supposedly filling some kind of a hole or gap in your life, then they need to be a certain type of person that your brain has created, this, this character that may or may not exist. And if that's the case, the minute they do something wrong, you're going to hate them for it. And it's just going to be a constant disturbance in that relationship. So I originally said this quote wasn't deep, but then I did a real deep dive on that. Uh, the next quote's from a young lady, uh, Rachel Naomi Remen. And the quote is, the most basic and powerful way to connect to another is to listen. Just listen. Perhaps the most important thing we ever give is attention. Loving silence has more power to heal and connect than well-intentioned words. That last sentence there, absolutely love it. That's one of the best sentences from any quote that I've ever heard. Loving silence has more power to heal and connect than well-intentioned words. I want you to try that with your closest friends, with your spouse, with your family, whoever. I want you to be go and say, okay, I just want to go and, and spend time with you and see how long you can go with the silence. Because I find that, you know, the majority of people, when they sit down to have a conversation... They feel a nervousness in their gut, in their chest, wherever, that they always need to fill the silence. And I don't know where this comes from, and I don't know the reason for it, but I felt it so many times, I still feel it today, is to be able to think, okay, if I'm silent for too long, they're going to think I'm weird, or they're going to they're gonna, they not want to be friends with me anymore, or not want to be married to me anymore, etc., etc. So you keep filling that silence, and this nervousness that comes from that that tension that's hanging over the conversation and hanging over the connection, 
it's very detrimental. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. So if you can find somebody that you can just sit with and be relaxed, if there is, you know, calm in that silence, that's extremely special. There's like, I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of those relationships in my own life. It's so rare, but it's so powerful. And this quote kind of feels that. Loving silence has more power to heal and connect than well-intentioned words. Because if you can find somebody to be able to sit in silence with, still feel that connection and still be content in that moment, something very special. So I'll, I'll say it to anybody again who's going out on dates with folks. Try that. I mean, especially if, you're, if you think that this person could be the one, you know, put it through the test. So you know, sit with them, you're having coffee, you're having dinner, and just stay silent for a moment. I mean, they might try and fill the silence, but you can kind of lead them back towards that. You know, just kind of, you know, eat the food and enjoy the taste of it. Like focus on something else and just be with that person. Feeling into their energy without words behind it. And see how comfortable you feel. Now at the beginning, if you just started doing it, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable. No matter how connected with that person you are, it's just natural to feel uncomfortable in those moments. But if you try it with your friends first or your family members and just, you know, get used to it, you can even tell them what you're doing. If it's like your your sibling or something, just tell them this is what I want. They're probably going to call you an idiot, and that's fine. You just take it. But you just you sit down with them and just say, I just want to be quiet. I just want to look deep into your eyes. <laughs> They're going to be like, you know, you're an idiot. But, uh, you know, you're going to be like, no, no, I need to do this. I need to do this. So then you just sit and you do that and feel it. I mean, really feel that tension, you know, feel that nervousness, like let it wash over you, like feel right into that. Uh, it's going to be palpable. It's going to be terrible the first few times you do it. But when you feel the worst of it, nothing else will ever reach that level again. So if you can get through that initial tension with someone, you know, you're connected with already, like a family member and a loved one, then it will make you a stronger person for others. And, you know, I mean, just from the sense that there's power in silence, uh, I'm sorry, that there's um, uh, connection in silence, there's also power in it. Because to be able to stay silent when other people are feeling nervousness, you know, it, it's going to make you seem like a more in control person. And like I said, there's power in that. Not in the sense of, although this is true in negotiation and in sales, that's true, but also in the sense that you'll pull the most tense and stressed per person uh, to your level. So you don't pull them up so that, you know, maybe when you come by, they were feeling stressed, but through your silence, your patience, your, you know, deep thought before speaking, you're going to bring them down from stress into maybe a calm. And if you can do that with someone who's stressed all the time, it's a very kind thing to do. And it's always, you know, good karma to be able to help others. And I think that is a true, truly great way to help another person. Anyway, that's it for the show, everyone. I really hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you like it, the best way you can support me, it really doesn't take long at all, and I very much appreciate it, is just do a review for me. A uh, review on however you listen, say Apple, Spotify, whatever whatever app you use, that's great. 
Uh, it helps others define me, and you know I'll be able to do this podcast till the till the ends of time. Anyway, thanks, and I'll talk to you next week.